Welcome back to Spilling the Tea. The next three episodes are a little different for our normal hormone chats, and yet they could possibly be three of the most important episodes I will ever record. When I say cancer, I'm sure we all immediately think of someone we know who has been impacted. In August 2022, my mum, Roisin, was diagnosed with breast cancer. The next 10 months of her life, she underwent treatment which consisted of a mastectomy, chemotherapy and radiotherapy. The next three episodes are her story. My mum wants to share her journey in the effort to give someone else hope who finds himself in a similar situation. So whether you're facing a difficult road ahead, you want to understand how to support a friend or family member going through cancer, or you just want some more insight into what people go through. I really hope these episodes help and inspire you and most importantly, gives you hope for the future. Thank you so much, Mum, for having courage and sharing your experience with the world. I love you so much. I'm so excited that we have another Irish brand sponsoring this week's podcast. Ground is um, 100% natural, handmade in Ireland, vegan products. And the reason why I actually reached out to Ground and asked them to sponsor this episode is that they so kindly sent my mum out a gorgeous um, gift set when she was going through chemotherapy. Um, the gift set was actually called the Barogue Collection and it's actually specifically designed for people who were going through chemotherapy and it's gorgeous, different things like essential oils, there's um, foot and hand um, moisturisers, there's scalp rub. And I know that she really, really loved it and it was such a lovely little kind of pampering thing for her when she was going through treatment. So always love supporting Irish brand. Their products are absolutely fab, especially if you were hoping to maybe give someone a gift of something or if you're going to treat me yourself and you just want to treat yourself and have a little bit of natural luxury. Um, they kindly gifted me a discount code, which is AOK15, um, and it's 15% off their order. It's one use per customer, and you will see the link below. Thank you so much to Grind for sponsoring this week's podcast. So, Mum, welcome back to Spilling the Tea, episode three. Thank you. How are you feeling? Less nervous again. I feel like you're going to be a pro by this at the end. You'll be doing your own podcast. Yes, I'm definitely less, less nervous. Um, what I think we should do is really quickly is just in case someone has just stumbled upon us for the first time and they don't know um, the previous episodes, just give a really brief background into kind of what we covered on the last few episodes and just maybe the, the timeline okay. of, of last year yeah. and kind of what happened. Um, I discovered the lump in my left breast in July and I went to the doctor immediately when I had the mammogram done and it showed up cancer. I wasn't sure what type of cancer it was at the time. And then I had to go into Professor Kell in the matter. And he said, you need a mastectomy. That was a massive big shock. And then I would need a follow up with chemotherapy and radiation and hormone therapy. So I've had most of those now at this stage. I've just started the hormone therapy uh, the last couple of weeks. I've got through the chemotherapy, which we discussed at the last podcast. And this podcast, we were going to talk about um, the radiation thera- yeah. radiotherapy and the, the follow on. Yeah. I had to keep myself healthy. Yeah. And I definitely think like radiotherapy, even for me, it's kind of something that you're not as familiar with. And I think with chemo, you were quite sick with it. So like you were unwell, like people were like checking in and, you know, you, you, like you were obviously not well. Whereas radiation is a bit different because you're kind of up and moving around and you'd kind of. Um, you're out for your walks you're kind of back mind the grandkids you're not as visibly sick mm. but obviously there's still symptoms and side effects you can get so I think it'd be really important for people to understand that today Well when I was nursing back in the late 80s and 90s I remember going to Luke's out in Rathgar 
And I remember thinking it was very sad and very serious and very worrying being out there. And it was a pleasant surprise to see the new unit in Beaumont. So it's what was St. Luke's? A cancer unit? cancer radiotherapy unit. Okay. It's still called St. Luke's within Beaumont, but it's an absolutely fabulous new um, radiation centre in Beaumont. It's this independent building as well. It's not actually in the hospital. So if you go in the back entrance from into Beaumont, it's just there on the left. It has its own parking it's a beautiful area to walk into. It's a huge, big open space and there's three different radiation machines in process at the same time. It's got um, water available to drink. It's got beautiful flowers. It has a fish tank. It's a lovely reception area. So you check in there and they ask you to come in about four weeks before you start the radiotherapy. So that was a couple of weeks after I finished the chemo and they actually measure you. So you go in for about an hour and they put little tattoos on the areas that you're going to need the radiotherapy. So you might have one on the supraclavicular um, here, just above the clavicle. And you might have one under the arm if you had lymph cancer, which I had. And they put two, you'd hardly, it's like a little freckle. And I didn't know anything about deep holding breath um, technique, but they teach you that. And the reason they like you to do that for four weeks in advance of having the radiotherapy is that when you take a really deep breath, it raises out your lungs away from the heart and then there, the breast is further away from the heart and from the lungs. So it means there's less damage being done to any of those tissues. It ensures that there's less damage. So you have to breathe in for 20 seconds and they say hold and then you hear it click. They do a practice with you and then you release the breath and they ask you to do that three or four times a day when you go home. So I didn't know anything about that before I went in. Okay. So, so that was very interesting. Yeah, the first visit... Is- They'll do the markings and then teach you, going to get you to prep, like teach you how to do then the breath hold. That's something I never knew either. Well, if you are delayed, um, there's a sign comes up. Your, your, your unit has a name on it and it says this unit is delayed by an hour. So, you know, when you go in that you, you know, you could, like I always emphasize having a book or something to read because don't get too involved with the people around you because you might just get bad news. I talked to one person one day and she said, oh, this is my second time in here now, my second time around. And I was just going in for the first time, a bit nervous when I met her. I said, oh, I shouldn't have started talking. So I'm a bit chatty. And I was sorry, <laughs> I, was I started say, talking to somebody. I can't imagine you going into somewhere like that and not speaking to someone. You must have <laughs> sat there with your eyes on the ground, <laughs> like, being like, don't make I any I just decided that day I'm, I'm going to try and keep myself to myself. Like you, just, my mum when we were like kids would literally talk to people on like a lift and she'd drive. She's like, hi, Harry, having a great holiday. And then later on, she'd be like, Peter, we're having dinner with them tonight. Like, she be the, <laughs> and I'm sure so many moms are the same. So that's just so funny hearing that you didn't chat. Yeah, I just decided that I wouldn't. But it's a great tip. That actually the other, is great. The advice. other thing that about the radiation unit is that there's free parking for cancer patients, which I thought that was absolutely, absolutely brilliant because you're going in for 15 days. You're going to be going in for three weeks, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then you Saturday and Sunday off, another five days, Saturday and Sunday off and another five days. So you're in and out a lot. You usually go in roughly the same time. They give you a little appointment card. And if you can't, you know, if you have something on, they'll facilitate you if you tell them in advance. And one day the machine was broken down. They contacted me, say you can't come in today because the machine is is doing radiation for people over and over and over and over again. When you're there, maybe 30 people go in through that day on that machine. So 90 people might go through the unit. And how long does it take? So obviously that is a huge commitment, like five days a week for three weeks. So really those three weeks of your life are radiation. Did you find you could do other things during the day? I tried to get into a routine, my usual going to mass and I tried to go in there for 11 or 11.30 and then I called into my mum who lives near there and then I came back and had my walk. That's the way I did it. So you're not in there for hours. How long is it? About an hour. In total? Yeah. 
the first visit was slightly longer. And what you, you lie down, it's a bit like an x-ray. You don't feel anything. You're not radioactive. I thought I wouldn't be able to mind the grandchildren. I wouldn't be able to visit my mum who's very elderly or go near anybody who's pregnant. It's absolutely safe. That was the thing I had in my head from years ago when I was nursing. Radiotherapy wasn't safe, but it's absolutely, they assure you that it's absolutely safe. You can go, to, go near anybody you want to when you've had it done, even half an hour later. The other precaution they, they sort of taught us when we were in there was that it can burn. So they told us um, the, the thing that they liked to use was Ovel moisturiser. So it's an aqueous cream. So any aqueous cream I think is okay. I used aloe vera as well. I alternated it. So I used some aloe vera say at night and it used to put on the aqueous cream immediately afterwards. I was real conf- confident like nothing was going to happen to me. And then day 20, I, I had the follow up with Dr. Alex Bocek. He said, well, you're doing well, that's great. And I went in the following day, I didn't bring any cream with me and I was going on somewhere else. And the last one actually was sore. So you have to moisturise every single day after having it done. Great. And every single <clears> night going to bed. So twice a day. Just that prevents it burning. And it was I, it was during the June heat wave last year I had it. And it was roasting hot weather. So you can't actually wear, you can't, you, you can't go out in the sun at all. You must get a nice white cotton shirt and cover over the area that's having the radiation. Because the temptation was to go out and sit in the sun. You can't let any more sun, any more burning go near the breast or the underarm. Yeah, I remember that you were very, very red, looked really, really burnt. And it's one of the things that kind of just needs to take its course, doesn't it? Like it builds up. Creams can help, but you have to just let it heal. I think it builds up ashing by the end of the third week. That's what happened to me. The fact that I didn't put anything on the 21st day, I thought it was was home and dried. Mm -hmm. And then it was very sore for about a week, but it clears up. Yeah. And again, nutrition and drinking, keeping hydrated. You're meant to moisturise the arm as well, because the arm would have been the area that had the lymph removed. Yeah. Wasn't, um, didn't one of the nurses or someone say to you along the way, because I know that you were really disheartened that it wasn't healing as quickly. Or did we have, I can't remember if we had this conversation and basically someone said to you, well, like all of your immune systems depleted from the chemo, that your your body's response to healing is going to be way slower. reduced, much slower. Yeah. And then I think then when you realise that you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Because yeah. normally like sunburn or things like that would heal much quicker. Yeah. So having patience and understanding that is quite yeah, important. Yeah, it took a few, a few weeks, definitely. I think by the time you have surgery and then you have chemo and then you have radiation, like it, it, it's taken its toll on you. The radiation is for local cells that might still be there, cancer cells, for the chemo is for the whole body. But all of them are depleting. Yeah, so that's actually, I was just going to ask you, what is, like, why do you need to get radiation? So surely after, what, 16 rounds of really strong chemo, they've gotten everything. So why do they do it? The reason they do it is in case there's stray cells. So the, the breast was removed and the lymph glands were removed. Say if there's a few little cells there that the chemotherapy hasn't actually hit. The chemotherapy is for the whole body. Like it's for the liver to prevent cancer coming in the liver, the brain, the bones, the breast, the other breast, the other places that can recur. So this is the local area I got an implant put in. So it's all around that area that had the radiation. So it is also, you know, protective of cancer coming back again. But it's more a local thing than a systemic thing. It's just a real kind of precaution, isn't it? Like they kind of really, really make sure the fire is out. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's what I think about it. Yeah. But it was it was more pleasant than I thought it was going to be in there. You know, you could sit and there was books to read and it's a lovely bright area. And that the, I remember there was a flower in there called the El Paradiso flower, that African flower. I couldn't believe they had that in there in the fish tank. It was actually pleasant going in. Okay. And the, the staff were just lovely. Yeah. And we had an opportunity then to see a dietitian if we wanted to. There was other options. Like I, I think I know everything about dietitian being your mother, Ashling, she's so good on nutrition. But I just said I'd go in anyway. And the, Dr. Bocek said, um, make sure you don't put on any weight. This was emphasized because I'm estrogen positive. 
that the estrogen lives in fatty tissue and also that the estrogen, if the cortisol, if you're very stressed, changes into estrogen. That was the thing I didn't know. So you just keep very calm. And I just said, I go to the, the, the dietitian, the conventional dietitian, see, did you tell me anything? The first thing she said, but you're very thin. But your, your, your diet's fine. You're very thin. But I said, is there any little tricks? No, we do we, we tricks and tips in the clinic. And she said, not really, but I'll go up the diet with you again. So that's great. Good. Porridge for your breakfast or granola, big salad, lunchtime, your dinner. Yeah, that's very good. You know, she didn't really, she's not having sweets, shake, chocolates and cakes anyway. Yeah, you're already going in with the, the A++ program. Well, yeah. she, she, she was very nice. I didn't get much information, though, extra. Yeah, because you know it all. Yeah, There was a very good uh, cancer cookbook, though, which I did like. Did like She gave me a copy of that and it was like nice stir fries. How you put ginger into them and garlic and, you know, n- nutritious herbs going into the stir fry as well as the way you conventionally cook. Like you mightn't do stir fries in this particular way. I thought that was good the way she did all the different stir fries. And was that a book she gave you or did you go yeah, out and buy it? That's a book she gave me. Yeah. yeah. Like, can people go out and buy it? No, they can get it when they're going through cancer. Oh, they're, brilliant. They're giving Just it. ask for that. Yeah. <clears throat> ask for it. And just for the timeline again for people, because obviously if someone's facing this and it's obviously brand new to them, they don't know what to expect. Maybe they're just finished the mastectomy or they've just got diagnosed. You finished chemo. Was that around? That was uh, around the May. end of March. Was it May? Was it May? No, it was April. Was it April? Sorry. I started it was November. -April. It was mid-April. Okay. Yeah. And then you had a break then. So oh, it was about right. just yeah. the, the break in between so people can just even get that timeline. Yeah, I had four weeks in between. So I had the radiation in June because the weather was fantastic. So May I was free. Yeah. So, so you finished, you had about six weeks, wasn't yeah. it? You and finished I went away on a holiday then as well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice, actually. Like, I think that was... It's nice to look forward to it. Yeah. Before the radiation. Yeah. And not being able to get any sun and just go and relax. Yeah. So now I'm facing into the hormone therapy and there's a choice of hormone therapy sometimes they give you anastrozole it's an aromatase inhibitor so when cortisol is being converted into estrogen the aromatase stops that happening so I don't want any estrogen extra in my body so I was advised to go on the anastrozole but it didn't suit me I got very bad pains in my arms and my legs so I was back to see him um, Professor Morris and he just changed the medication so hopefully Along with everything that I'm doing myself, I'll be clear. I have to have another scan done. It's usually after six months. We're getting it done next January. Be a scan and bloods and just check up. So you were obviously in this week. It's great to have yes. you the podcast. So you yes. booked an appointment. They're all like, I think I love the way they're actually very open to you contact them and they're really there to help all the, the doctors and the consultants. So you obviously contacted them saying this doesn't suit me. I'm feeling old. As my mom said, she's like, I feel like I'm old with this medication. And he went in and chatted to him. And what did he recommend that you do? He said, you're doing everything. You're doing everything that you can. I'm keeping my weight down under 20 BMI. That's around eight and a half stone. And an hour's exercise every day, fresh air if possible. And I take vitamin D3 and vitamin K2. And I take melatonin. Melatonin isn't available, but we know from looking at the research that People with low melatonin sometimes get breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm just making sure. But my friend brings it from the States. I just take five milligrams. 
a few times a week, but you, you can't get somebody to prescribe that unless you ask the GP. You he might give it to you. So we're not, <laughs> we're we not telling people it. to ask your friends to bring her from the States. So if I talk melatonin, I'm like, I'm not recommending melatonin, but like it's, yeah. it's you know, illegal in Ireland. Like you can't necessarily recommend well, we don't, it. We don't prescribe it. That's what we say in the clinic. We don't prescribe but it. We also can't recommend, but we can say this is the research and have a little look and see. So, I mean, your well, GP. This is just what I'm doing. I just am what you're doing. But like you can look up the research yourself and surely a GP should be forthcoming to, to help support you with your recovery. And, you know, five yeah. milligrams of melatonin is such a low dose anyway. And I told him I was taking a good probiotic. I take Merlac and then I alternate with Aflorex. Mm-hmm. So I alternate the two of those. And he said, that's good. And I said, I keep away from, I don't take use a lot of makeup now. I used to use an awful lot more makeup and nail varnish. So I avoid parabens and sodium lauryl sulfate as much as I can. I try and use um, bare mineral makeup. Mm-hmm. I find that good. And ones that don't have any um, perfume in them. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I actually use Elav, which you can get in the chemist as well. And things like the candles, you know, scented candle. I always had those in the house at home and sometimes in the clinic. Now I just use an aromatherapy burner with the lavender on it to keep the room nice, nice smell. I just use plain soya wax candle. That was Ashing's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a water filter for my tap as well. At Ashing's suggestion. And the diet is actually the main thing, which we're really putting last. Cruciferous vegetables have a lot of research. So broccoli, cauliflower, kale, spinach, sprouts. Spinach actually isn't enough, sorry, I have to say. Oh, is it not? <laughs> but the rest of them are. Okay, thanks for that Spinach correction. is great, but just not a cruciferous. Okay. And the to take some flax in the diet, I use flax seeds and to take some soya. There's a lot of controversy about soya, but I think the, the bottom line is now that it is helpful. It help, contains isoflavones, but it's a different receptor. It's not the receptor that can re-stimulate cancer. It's the other yeah, like said, there's, there's a difference, in my opinion, between <clears throat> soy yogurts and soy milk and tofu and edamame beans and tempeh. So it's the natural soy products that are beneficial where processed soy obviously isn't ideal. So that's you don't want people going out and having soy yogurt every with every snack a day. Like that's processed. Yeah. So soy is great as a whole food. Like tempeh. Or tempeh, yeah, and edamame and. And sitan. And tofu. Tofu. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And. The other, the other vegetables are the uh, garlic and onions. You know, the, mm-hmm. the allicin in those is good. And nuts and seeds. Yeah. And if you want to um, log on to Christy Funk, she's a breast surgeon and she's very big into plant-based nutrition. So I'm actually not plant-based mostly. I, I'd have breakfast and lunch plant-based and then I might have some meat or chicken or fish in the evening, maybe four or five days. I'd have yeah. maybe one or two vegetarian days as well. With some protein, I'd use lentils and beans. I think that diet has worked out very well for me. Yeah. It's easy to keep your weight down on that diet. You know, it's, it's just hard to keep your weight low because, you know, where you have a celebration. There's wine and there's gin and tonics and there's cakes and you're just celebration. There's extra calories. Maybe even finger food can be quite high in calories. So he said that was all good. And the last thing that I added, number 10, was I decided to not to eat after six. And I think that's made a huge difference. Intermittent fasting, I stop eating of dinner at six and I don't eat Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I try not eat after six and then I have dinner, I'm sorry, breakfast around half eight or nine. So it's just 15 hours, you know, no suppers or no tea going to bed or anything like that. I, find, I feel my much better clarity in my mind and much clearer. My thinking is clearer and my energy is really good since yeah. I started doing <clears> that. And there is a lot of research on fasting 
for things like cancer and immune response and it's actually cell regeneration, the one I was yeah. reading about, actually. Yeah. That, that your re- regeneration says, well, I want to regenerate all my good, healthy cells. Yeah. Okay, amazing. And what did he recommend then when you were in? Because obviously you got prescribed different medication, which yeah, you were Yeah, he hoping... took me off the inostrazole yeah. because my arms and my legs were paining me. And he, he's trying me on tamoxifen, which is usually for a younger person. And I know the side effects can be um, hot flushes. So hopefully I won't get hot flushes, but you can live with that. Yeah. Not the worst. And I think one or two percent can cause, in a small number of people, it can give you a higher risk of uterine cancer. But again, they'll keep an eye on that. Amazing. Okay, good. The next thing I want to ask you about, which isn't on our agenda, but we might as well ask it, is your hair. How have you found the process with your hair growing back? You're not wearing your wig. The last two podcasts you wore your wig. So yes, love for seeing your natural hair. And you have... So much hair, like it yeah. came back so thick. Yeah, it, it actually came back curly, which was a big surprise. And it sort of came back very dry, so curly and dry. But I got a, a mild colour, not a, a bleached colour. It's a natural colour that I got put in and I got some highlights put in. So it, it's a nice, it's short, it's very short, so cheeky mm-hmm. look about it. And people say, people say it's nice. It's hard to get used to. The wig I got too hot wearing it on top of this. So my hair is about three inches long now and I've got used to it. Yeah. And hair Did grows you? like by You kind of feel you need a new year. outfit to go with your hairstyle. Yeah. You need a new a new style of my clothes. My brother said she looks like Annie Lennox. <laughs> 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 that when we first, like I dyed her hair kind of like a, it was kind of like a bleachy blonde colour, wasn't it? Initially. And it was like this like white blonde, like my my hair used to be. And I was like, man, you're so trendy. And Kieran's like, you're almost too trendy. You look like Annie Lennox. <laughs> he said that she wasn't cool enough for the hair. And I think that completely <laughs> like <laughs> shook you then. Um, but it is just a process, isn't it? And it's nice that, you know. Yeah, I did a couple of things now the last few weeks. Um, a friend was doing a charity from, and she wanted somebody to model. So I said, just might as well do it. I think when you've had cancer, your lens is different. You look through things. You look at life differently. Everything is precious. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's... And your family is particularly precious. That's true. And Ashling is ultra precious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't sweat Has the all small my children stuff, you know, it? it? You know, you, you, sorry, if somebody's starting to have an argument, I I'm, I'm out. I'm not getting involved with this. Yeah. You know, or anything. You can choose. Yeah. You can choose just to not bother with that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I find I'm much more, very much at peace at the moment. Yeah. And I really treasure the grandchildren. Yeah. 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 Treasure my time with them. And I like work. I enjoy working. It gives me a sense of, it's like you have to rebuild your confidence in yourself as well. And I mean, I know everything. I'm 30 years working as a naturopath and herbalist. So it's a lot of things that I know. But sometimes when you're working away and you've gone through so much and it just hits you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also swear by some sort of prayer every day. That helps me to be grounded like whether it's go to Mass or the Rosary or read the Bible or see friends for a prayer meeting. That definitely helps me. Brilliant. So this the hardest part of the moment is not doing too much, would you say? Yeah. I, I, I think you're, because you feel great, that's just been you the whole time. Even when you had chemo, you were still doing too much, realistically. Like, Yeah. Yeah, Peter asked me yesterday, where were you today? I went to see my mother, who's 91. And then I went out to grandchildren. And then I came back into the clinic and then I came, went out last night. I just had so many things on in the last few days. Yeah. But I know myself that I should slow down. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. If you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't a clue. Maybe I get it from you. Maybe my my crazy. Oh my God, I've actually figured it out. Right? That's probably where I get my bad habits from. Yeah. It's like the 
Peter said, we watch this and something's on telly, like something that he really enjoys, but I don't see any value in watching that. If it's something that's going to better me, I'd say, yeah, okay. Do you know, it, it, you shouldn't always want to be better in yourself, Ashley. That's, yeah. But that's, that's like the worth ethic I've had. Mm-hmm. I'm very similar. I didn't lick it off stone. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is um, something for me to work on because I know that high cortisol doesn't go with this disease and I know that it can recur. He told me my oncology score was 28. So anybody listening that gets an oncode test done, that gives you a guideline of how much treatment you need for how long and how they keep an eye on you. So if you're only down around 15, you may not have had the chemo. And a friend of mine was 25 and she had chemo, but she didn't have radiation. So it depends like that. And I think that's a very good thing to get done if you get a chance to get the onco test done, because then you know what you're dealing with. Okay, it's crazy. And I know that this cancer does come back. It's a bit of a shock it can come back, but I'm working hard that it doesn't. Yeah. Um, And you're doing everything right. I feel like there's nothing else you could be doing. And I would say control what you can control. So you're definitely doing all those things. Um, Before we came in today, I actually just put up a little question box on Instagram. Now, I only put it up a half an hour ago, so there's not many questions. But I just said, and obviously we haven't, um, we haven't, people haven't heard the other two episodes yet. But just there's like two questions here that might help. And we know we mentioned before, but let's just cover them again. One person asked, what are the best things friends and family can do to support and what should we not do? What would you say to that? Um, Actually, I'll answer probably, one okay. thing first. So I remember when you were, I don't remember if it was maybe you were getting chemo or maybe it was around that time. And we were saying to one of Damo's friends, his mum had cancer, my brother's friend. And um, I was saying, my mom's doing too much and she's doing this and she's doing that. And, you know, she's not relaxing. And he was like, your mom is still a person. Like same t- at the same time, yes, she's sick, but that's on her whole identity. And he's like, She's always looked after you. So you can't expect her to come into the house and not for her not to make you a cup of tea or not to fuss over you. You're like, you still have to respect them as a person, not just as a sick person, which I think is is so important not just to treat them as someone with cancer. Do you know what I mean? Just to be normal and have normal conversations and try and make things as normal as possible for them. And so I thought that was great advice that I hopefully we did. For I you. think visiting people is good, but make sure you go up and the time suits them and maybe touch base with person who's sick, their partner or their whoever they're living with, their parent or their husband or wife or whatever. And not to stay too long. Like I remember somebody came and stayed for about three and a half hours and I was just exhausted. <laughs> and they thought that was great, catch up on everything we did. But I was so tired after that. I mean, I think half an hour to an hour was enough to visit somebody. The other thing was that I got communion every day from Angela Kane, my friend. That was great. That's that nice. Kept me going. She came every day. And the way we organised it was um, Peter was out in the morning and he'd leave the side entrance open and then whoever wanted to come in, the people, the, the close friends would know they'd come in. I, I, when I was very sick there with the chemo, they came in, they'd make themselves a cup of tea and come up and sit and just talk to me for an hour. Then they'd go off again. That was when the chemo was at its worst. So it's nice to make the house accessible or the apartment accessible for people to visit you that you don't have to go down the stairs. Okay, that's good advice. Yeah, for close yeah. friends and family yeah. and yeah. And I think somebody told me that um, they knew this 19 year old that had breast cancer the same type as me and they started telling me all about it and that was just so upsetting don't don't tell people big long stories about people that have because you don't want to hear somebody 19 has cancer because what's happening to the world that young people are getting breast cancer when I was nursing I never heard of anybody under 40 with cancer so you might think of oh, a great story this 19 year old had cancer and she's great now and she's after having three kids and that is great news but 
it, it's just the idea of somebody 19 going through what I was after going through. Mm-hmm. Is They should be having a brilliant time. They should be out dancing and keeping fit and going on dates. You know, I didn't yeah. want them to be going through chemo and radiation. So that just made you feel sad. That, that made me feel helpful. So telling people stories about other people, I didn't find that helpful. Yeah. Um, another What's question. The other question? Um, anything to help with severe heartburn only really started after radiation treatment. It's constant. The heartburn. Okay. So in the clinic, we would always give potato and carrot mixed up with a little bit of butter, which has butyric acid in it, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. And what happens is it seems to put a lining on the stomach and it immediately helps. Now, going forward, having the meals and not having too much to drink with them, because if you imagine your stomach is only the size of your hand, say, if you're not eating much, and then you put down, say, two cups of tea on top of that, and it can regurgitate back up along the esophagus. So small meals and don't drink too much. Have your drinks between the meals. That's what I would find. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably on um, an anti-nausea medication. The other thing is, if you prop up your pillow, one pillow at night, because I had heartburn as well during the chemotherapy, and I, I always had a flat pillow, and now I still have two pillows. So you could put two or three pillows when you're going to bed so that the acid um, reflux, uh, the contents of your stomach doesn't regurgitate up along the esophagus. So potato and carrot. We also have um, agrimony and philopendula in the clinic, which are good. They're an- antacids, they're natural antacids that we find great. They're herbs. Yeah. People, yeah. Yeah, they are good. Like from my perspective, from two things, from our Chinese medicine, the way we're kind of trained in, obviously we mentioned how hot radiation is. So, you know, acid reflux would be a lot of heat in the body. So making sure you you actually do drink your water, just not around your meals. You're having plenty of raw food and, you know, keeping the body cool, your omega-3 fatty acids. Also, a lot of people might get radiation post-chemotherapy. So you were obviously on the ball taking probiotics because it's something that you're aware of. But this person's gut health might be, well, it's definitely impacted. It's not even a maybe, it's definitely impacted. And if you have less healthy bacteria and you have your lunch, let's say you're meant to have, I don't know, 100 healthy bacteria, you might only have five left. And those five little guys have to break down your food. And sometimes reflux is actually from food not being digested properly that the the food sits there for too long, it basically rots. I know it sounds a bit gross, but it does rot. And that acid then or the gas gets pushed upwards and you get reflux. So popping into a health shop and getting like a broad spectrum probiotic, you could try the Merlac, the one my mum really found good and the one that we use in the clinic. Um, You may just need a little bit of gut support there as well to actually help you physically digest your food. Yeah. The other thing that I found helpful was knowing everybody was praying for me. Like I had a lot of people around, neighbours and families and just people over in the church. That was helpful. Knowing people were praying. You know, you didn't feel like praying yourself at times, but knowing that they were thinking of me, that was really helpful. That you're being supported. So I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else there on your, I'm always laughing saying tips and tricks. It's such a weird like phrase for, for anything cancer related, but is um, there anything else Maybe I just ask you a question, Ashton. Like, do you think it's necessary to buy organic? Like there's a lot of different opinions. I know that there's this dirty dozen mm-hmm. that peaches and apples and pears and nectarines and grapes and they're sprayed a lot. But is it better if you can't get organic not to use them because you can't peel a grape or you can peel a nectarine. But it's just that's that's one thing that p- patients ask me sometimes. What about organic food? Do you think it's better? Sometimes it is better, but sometimes it dies. I buy carrots sometimes and they're dead by two days later. So what would you think the best thing is? Buying organic is a luxury. This is the problem that like if your budget allows, ideally we should all be buying organic. It's not just the best case scenario, but that doesn't 
that's not like feasible for everyone. So I think yes, buy organic when you can and when you see things that are affordable. But I would definitely say make sure you're washing your fruit and vegetables really, really well. So like one thing I would give clients is apple cider vinegar. Come home from your supermarket shop, fill the basin up with apple cider vinegar and a bit of um, baking soda or is it bread soda? I always get mixed up with those two things. Baking soda? I'm not sure it's baking. Yeah, the two, the, the vinegar and the baking soda. Um, a little bit of baking soda, a little bit of apple cider vinegar and throw everything in and wash everything really, really well. Mm. So that takes off a lot of the pesticides and then at least it's like the, the best case scenario is best of a bad bunch. Like not ideal to not organic, but at the same time, you're still like surely eating the nutrients is better than not having them at all. So that's kind of my opinion on organic. But I think, again, definitely the A++ program is go to a farmer's market and you're buying it off the, do you know what I mean? It's it's the best quality food, but okay. that's just not possible for everybody. Okay, great. Um, I used Breath of Life oil as well, which I didn't mention on any other podcasts. And I found if you were really tired, dispirited, just didn't have an energy, any energy in you, and you just put the Breath of Life oil on your feet and on your legs, it has lavender and tea tree and eucalyptus, it's in grapeseed. So the lavender is for the nervous system, just a little bit of a tonic and it's not invasive, say if you're feeling sick or if you're, the burn is a bit sore and you, you don't feel like making something healthy to eat if you're just dis, dispirited is a good name, good word. And then the eucalyptus is for circulation and the tea tree is for any infections. Now I find that great just to put on as a massage lotion and it's rejuvenative, you know, it gives you that bit of energy. I do that several times, okay. at, least, at least twice a week the whole, during the whole time. Brilliant. Um, I think we've covered everything. So what I'm going to do is all the links will be below, right? I'll have a link to like talking about the Murloc, the Breath of Life oil. You can get that from the online shop and Spilling the Tea will actually get you some 10% off. Um, and I'll link actually that cookbook you mentioned and I'll link the, you mentioned someone at Christy Funk, was Christy it? Funk. Yeah, I'll put her link. She's very good and she's loads of podcasts about cancer. So I'll link her below and obviously your clinic as well if anyone wants to get in touch with you. Any final last words before we jump off? Live in the day. Yeah. That's just stay in this day and enjoy this day. Yeah. We don't know when, what's tomorrow's going to bring, do we? Exactly. Yeah. Keep and positive. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like already the episode, we released the first episode yesterday and I've gotten so many messages. Now you've gotten so many messages from people saying thank you. And that's just the start of it. So like, you're so brave. Hopefully it'll help people. It will. So guys, thank you so much for listening. And you never know, my mom might be featured on another podcast again soon. Maybe we'll do one on herbs or on something else. <laughs> maybe on maybe on sleep. That's the on thing sleep. that people yeah. people ask me also about. Yeah. And, and if um, anybody wants to do a consultation, like we do complementary medicine with what the doctor's doing. Somebody said, Is it alternative? And I said, Definitely not. I will be lost without all the doctors. So a big shout out to all of them. Yeah. That yeah. helped me get into this place. And especially to all my family. Yeah. I wouldn't have got through it without you. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you next episode. God bless.